and that is just so great to hear. It, like in ten minutes, you've just given the whole story, which is great because it gives people a vehicle or a path with regards to their own career. Just touching back though, with regards to the sports industry, how have you seen that develop during your career? I mean, the sports industry, like many industries, change is important. Change is dynamic, and change has to happen. And fortunately or unfortunately or, or sadly or regrettably, change for a lot of people is difficult. I accept that. You know, my career, I've just demonstrated some of the changes that needed to be made or some of the, um, the new focus I had, other people would find it very difficult to do. You know, you've got to not be afraid, I suppose is my mantra. And you've got to take a number of... Um, judgmental risks I suppose and the sports industry thankfully has done that and needs to do that and if we close it down a little bit or contract it a little bit and in a direct answer to your question sport has necessarily in many aspects always been treated as a business but most people particularly academically and maybe even to a lesser extent here in the UK, in a kind of cultural and social sense, I won't say political, but maybe there is a couple of undertones there, has not always seen it as just a business or has necessarily seen it as real business potential. You know, it's always been about, you know, as, as maybe people uh, culturally in the UK or Britain would say, you know, it's all about the taking part. Or, you know, it's all about sports performance and maybe a debate that's going on at the moment with Team GB and do we concentrate too much on medal hunting rather than the actual participation. So there's a whole debate there. But what has now become definitely the case is sport has always been about everybody, 8 to 80, front and back page news. It involves us all and it has great potential to unite and to do lots of things. But that presents business opportunity for brands, for uh, partnerships, uh, for individual athletes. And this has been the biggest change. You know, brands themselves have now been brought up to not only just put their stuff out there and put a logo on it or stamp it. It's been all about engagement. It's been all about activation. It's seizing moments, opportunities. It's bringing that sport is unique. And if you're classically trained in sport, in business, sorry, or in marketing with a USP approach, a unique selling point or find your points of parity or points of differentiation where distinctiveness and competitive advantage are clearly opportune and necessary, well, sport brings all of those things together. So there's been seismic change, there's been gradual and natural change, because I think sometimes, you know, the danger for some people is they want to change the world today. And I think importantly, and sport needs to recognise this, and the sports brands and the sports uh, sponsorship and partnerships, the people and the brands and the, the kind of uh, sectors within sports industry and sport business, therefore, who do better and, more, and are more effective in this, are those that recognise that planning, uh, progression, uh, preparation, and then ultimately fulfilling the potential that's there. Those are the biggest changes. And finally, I suppose I would, you know, it, it would be remiss of me not to say that the change is a little bit like, I suppose, um, and I 
analogy would be the, the way digital is transforming everything. You know, you just look at our own behaviours with, you know, things like uh, tablets and smartphones and everything. You know, it's virtually redundant the moment you've just got it, and, and it's going at such a pace that because of that, you know, we all have to recognise we need knowledge and we need to be able to tap into all of these trends and new inventions or new innovations. And I think sport also is grasping that, but a word of caution there maybe is that, you know, you have to recognise that you can't be uh, everything at once and you can't be everything all of the time. So the opportunity with sport business, I think, really should concentrate a little bit more on what works, on what areas you want to be in and what areas in sport business that you can do more effectively than perhaps your competition. Just on an employment standpoint, a lot of the listeners are university sports students. What core skills have helped you be able to work in the sports industry? Because as we both know, it's very competitive. I think you have to develop your own personality. And everyone's got a personality. You know, if you're trained as I have been or you've been involved in, in, in PR, you know, there are natural people who take on roles. You know, not everybody could be front of house. You know, some people might not be want to be at the back. People might not want to be administrators. People might not necessarily have skill sets that enable them, you know, to be uh, the spokesperson or the person who's seen as the kind of head uh, go-to communicator or presenter in, you know, an organisation or in a skill set. But what you have to have is a toolkit. You have to have a box of skill sets. And in answer directly to your question, be prepared to listen. Be prepared to seek out the best advice. Act upon it. You know, you always have to be a student, you know, even when you think that you've learned everything. So update your skills, go on courses, go to conferences, network yourself, put yourself in front of as many people as possible. Now, David Ogilvy, to many, many communication students, advertising students particularly, will be the kind of godfather, the guru. And, you know, he once said that, you know, what you've got to do is to turn the ordinary into the extraordinary. You know, he almost personifies as a great copywriter and a great intuitive guy who understands everything to do with advertising. He was able to picture and then portray things that other people couldn't see. And in many ways, that's what you've got to aspire to. You've got to find a role in which you can make yourself known for something, be different. You know, and in fact, in my podcast that I've done, or my broadcast on All In Sport Talk this week, you know, Ryan Mabilia, who concentrates on developing uh, the best in athlete marketing management, and he says to all of these athletes, Highlight what you're really good at. Tell people what it's called an inverted pyramid. So instead of the, you know, you put your highlights right at the very top and then you kind of lessen down to a reverse pinnacle, if you like, <coughs> the incidentals. So always highlight something that you're very good at. Talk about what you are doing rather than what you did do. And, you know, always be prepared to adopt, to adapt to change, you know, I'm not a millennial, I am not a computer literate person, but I've learned to be alongside them, 
you know, I've learned to become a, a social media expert, if you like, because I've worked very hard at it. I've embraced the challenge and the opportunity. So in a word or in a phrase or in a kind of final, kind of what should go into that, you know, tool set, knowledge is key, not being afraid and to make yourself known to people. So certainly network. And another final thing I would say to everybody is if you are reticent, you know, if you basically procrastinate or delay, it sends out totally the wrong message. If I get an email from somebody, I might be totally, you know, almost, you know, obsessive about this. But, you know, I'm 24-7 almost. I respond immediately. If I can't give an answer, at least I've acknowledged it. And I like to develop that. And the communication processes that we have, which are all instant today, and you've got no excuses because communication is all around us, but you've still got to use it properly and apply it. And it's got to be relevant. Communication is not just sending the email or, you know, asking for something or saying I've done everything I need to. Just like on Twitter, you know, the contact you make is the starting point, not the finishing point. And you then apply that connection you've made and it's then all about what you do with having made those connections and and, and I, I would advise all students all career aspirants believe in yourself have the confidence and faith and be prepared for the knockbacks as well because you can learn a lot from some of the not necessarily the defeats you've had or the failures you've had or the rejections you've had you know, it's the classic, you know, turn the problem into an opportunity and also to, to stay positive about everything. Because, you know, I always used to say when my students came into my class, and it's the thing that I miss most of all now, my daily contact as a kind of notionally retired out of the classroom. And I did a guest lecture this week at the University of Worcester with a good colleague of mine, John Burkhart, the infamous legend John Burkhart. And the first thing I said to the students on my opening address in my guest lecture, I'm finally back in my workplace and in the arena where I feel most comfortable. And that was in front of students. And, you know, so that's a point that I think all students and everybody should, should, should take on board, you know. And I was smiling as I said it. You know, and I always used to say some students got quite afraid, you know, as they were walking into the seminar or the lecture or whatever. I wanted them to bounce into the room. I wanted them to all have smiles on their faces and certainly leave in the same way. Because there's no place if you're not enthusiastic and, and, and committed and, and passionate about what you're doing. Here, Adam, just on a personal note relating to your career now, what have you enjoyed the most looking back? The great reflection for me is one of the hardest things to talk about. It's given me a life. It's given me a lifestyle and it's given me the total respect on a two-way basis between myself and, if you like, the partnerships, the friendships and the... Um, ultimately, obviously, are the educational business associations that I've had. You know, everybody talks about highlights, you know, and if you use a sporting metaphor, you know, who was the best player of a generation? If you continue that debate, you know, what was the best goal you ever scored? You know, and I live in the moment. You've got to live in the moment. So every day is a joy for me. Every new opportunity is the next 
best opportunity and the most fulfilling of all. But I think the satisfaction for me is there's a certain synergy, you know, it, it, it's kind of completing the circle and letting that circle, you know, keep revolving. So if I go back to the start of this interview and we talk about the first things that I said, you know, the classroom, the education, the teaching and learning experiences have never left me. So that's got to be a single biggest highlight that everything I've done, I've been able to do through that. So, you know, I've talked about my old school. I'm continuing to talk about my students, even though I'm notionally retired. But the, the brilliance for me is, and I think probably the highlight would always be, the revolution that has been digital and social media means from the, the luxury of my study here where me and you are having a conversation, the world is listening. So that's got to be a triumph. I've been part of that triumph. I've contributed to it, but without the other side. And so highlights for me would always include you know, taking my Northampton University students in 2015 to Florida and meeting some of the great and good in world sport business. I'll never forget that. They on their career journey will never forget that. You know, me playing with some great footballers in my early career and seeing how they've gone on. You know, watching achievements from students when you meet them and greet them or interview with their parents and, you know, and then four years, three or four years later, uh, shake them their hands and meet their parents as they graduate. It's a, it's a, it's a flush of real satisfaction, emotion, and, 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 and all of those. So I can't really, I suppose, pinpoint one specific instance as, as a highlight, but I'm very fortunate to say my career has been a highlight. And my career, even though some might say, you know, I'm coming to, towards final chapters in that career, they still feel as though they're the first chapter. So that's got to be a good news story in itself, Ed. Alan, what you've just said is joy to my ears. It inspires me a lot. And trust me, you haven't retired. You're my agent, so I'd tell you that for a fact. And I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university sports students who want to pursue a career in the sports industry? I think it's a most important question. And, you know, if I'm brutally honest, I need to go a little bit behind that question and maybe a little bit beyond it, both from, from kind of where the question may emanate from and where it should certainly land. The biggest problem that many people in life have today is that they're too comfortable and or that comfort that they have is through a lack of ambition, a lack of positivity and a lack of direction. Now, that is not meant the moment somebody says that if I'm saying it, I would respect, and I think, I'm pretty confident, I know actually, that the people who are listening to that wouldn't see this as a negative or as a kind of criticism in a negative way. They would see it very fundamentally as necessary to do in terms of moving it forward. So universities, parents, students, the education system needs to wise up needs to be positive and say everything is possible and we want to give them the tools to do the job and we will do everything in our power 
because the only thing I ever have a problem with is students who never fulfill their potential or students who don't recognise how good they are or what the opportunity presents. And I will metaphorically, and I'm being quoted here, so I'm mindful of the quote, but it's given in the best possible um, kind of respectful way. I would almost want to, you know, knock them hard or tell them brutally that you are a failure or you are failing in the hope that you recognise this and then turn that, obviously, critical and, 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 and kind of criticism of their status or their attitude into a positive way. The recognition, I mean, an analogy I've often used here is if you've got a drink problem, you will never solve that problem unless you recognise you've got a drink problem. You know, so in some ways, students who never realise or think that because they're attending university, you know, everything's going to be laid on a plate for them or that they're guaranteed a degree, it's your entrance ticket and you've got then the opportunity to exercise what that ticket has bought you and you have to play a major role in that. So I'm making that as an advisory comment and an important comment. Once the students recognise this, the world is in front of them. You have a blank canvas, you have a blank check, you have the biggest opportunity ever, and particularly in sport, because through digital, through social media, through great people like you and I and many others that we've referred to and I've referred to, if you go down that route, you can plan your own success pathway.